Welcome, True Believer readers, to Let's Read Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. The PacePot Patreon Podcast Network is home to many great podcasts, and one that might interest you would be a podcast about treating people with disabilities the same as able-bodied people. Very good. This is something that our society should embrace more. Yeah, this week, Alicia Masters, who is blind, explains that she could have gotten Franklin Richards back herself if the state of New York would allow her to have a driver's license. Tune in to this week's episode of Handy Capable Babysitters Club on the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. The blind driving the car. So maybe Reed Richards comes up with a thing to help that. From December of 1979, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 37, Into the Hive by Mantlo Mooney and inked by Pablo Marcos. Spider-Man is being stung into unconsciousness by Swarm when he falls into scientific equipment that forces the bees to flee. Peter eventually awakens in the ESU infirmary and once outside sees a massive hive teeming with bees. His fellow grad students and Dr. Sloan concoct a powerful insect repellent. After sheepishly refusing to help the aspiring exterminators, Peter douses his Spider-Man costume in the repellent. He swings into the massive, recently constructed hive and with the repellent, drives Swarm's bees to attack each other and their queen. Uh, at least twice it is mentioned that the Fantastic Four and Avengers are unavailable. Why do we need them, and where are they? It's actually six times that they mention Reed Richards or the Fantastic Four. I guess he's not a street-level villain. Remember, the champions fought this guy as a team. Like, it took the whole team to take him down. Uh, also, regarding the Fantastic Four and the Avengers, apparently Dr. Sloan keeps saying... He's able to call them like I called them and they weren't available. This reminds me when the Daily Bugle librarian was able to provide the address of S.H.I.E.L.D. Apparently superheroes are not very secretive about their phones or addresses in 1979. Apparently so, James B. I'm ready to leave Swarm behind. I'm ready to leave 1979 behind. From January of 1980, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 38, Curse of the Living Vampire by Mantlo, Usama, and Stone. Morbius is back and attacking teenagers uh, for a bike ride. We quickly turn to Peter visiting Aunt May in the hospital in an awkward interaction with MJ. We move rapidly to the Daily Globe, where Peter is praised as a talented photog and rewarded with a check that will make most of his financial problems go away. Finally, Peter, why did you tolerate J. Jonah for so long? so funny when you say the Daily Globe. It's just like, what? Hey, I think Peter had a deal with J. Jonah Jameson that as long as J. Jonah Jameson wouldn't ask any questions about his methods, Peter would work there. Do you remember that? I I agree. It was That was a thing, but it seems so intolerable considering his financial gain he's getting at this news, newspaper and just being treated like a employee instead of a somebody to get beat up, verbally beat up all day. You know, maybe he tried off a uh, scene and there's just no, there were no jobs available at the time. Who knows? Well, feeling like Daddy Warbuck, Peter heads to the bank and then the classrooms of ESU to begin grad school. But it doesn't go well in Doc Connor's class as Peter violently destroys his test tube experiments. Thankfully, fellow grad student Philip Chang takes him to a schwanky party hosted by another grad student, Chip Martin. The costume party is fun until Morbius shows up. Spidey swings into action, and when Morbius bites him, he also gets electrocuted by lightning. 
Morbius is healed and reverts to human form, while a clearly distressed Chip speeds off. There you go. Eddie, on page 19, in the middle of the fight, Spider-Man says, Marcy's breathing normally. I never noticed how lovely she was before. And then he gets interrupted. <laughs> Philip's like, Spider-Man, we need your help. So, as if someone who's fighting a bloodthirsty vampire in the middle of a party, I, are these the things that go through, you know, heroes' heads? I, I guess I wouldn't know. I, you know, it's possible, but... Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Philip, for redirecting Spider-Man appropriately. Quick one question game for Eddie. Ready? I'm ready. All right. Cue the game show music. I don't get to use it that often. Eddie, in Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, the book is definitely setting up this whole, uh, you know, Marcy character here yes. as the one that he's supposed to be into. Um, even though there is April May over at the Globe. Yes. And then there's that other girl, Deborah Whitman. Yes. Who's into him as well. Yeah. Dr. Sloan's assistant. Yeah. I just know she's on the cover of a spectacular Spider-Man book somewhere in the future. Because I can picture like little bugs crawling on this girl. I'm like, that's going to be Deborah Whitman. Okay. So these are the love interests going on in this, you know, Peter Parker's spectacular Spider-Man line. Here we go. Eddie, your question. Who is the current person he's sort of dating in Marvel Team-Up? Is this a sissy? sissy? Correct. You gonna go for the last name too? A sissy. Oh boy, I don't know. Sissy Thornbush. <laughs> Close, just about. You have, you have her dad with the action figure. If you bought the last. Oh yeah, you know. The librarian. It's, it's, it's in one of my closets or something. Probably. Sissy, Ar sissy Ironwood. Oh, Ironwood. Yes, Peter's just going through all kinds of blondes, all kinds of books now. One more thing. There's this guy, uh, you know, Chip Martin. Who was in yes. the last issue for like a moment, like creeping in the background, going like, "Oh, yeah, so many strong emotions." Part of the new crew. He's a grad student, so I don't think he's part of the crew, is he? Oh, he yes, is. He's, he's a grad student. All oh, right, Philip and uh, the other guy. We'll see him in the next book. <laughs> yeah, right. There's some other people we don't really know, but anyway, uh, if Chip's family's worried about him having problems when he's around groups of people with strong emotions, uh, college and Large Halloween parties, right? Yes, this is a this is a like a costumed Halloween party in a mansion on Long Island too. It's rather elaborate and boisterous. I, but I, this is fine. His parents are just pushing him to try to be a little more normal, like okay. working through his psychological problems. I don't have a problem with that. I actually really like the writing of it being a Halloween party. I mean, I know it's because the book is probably being released, even though it's got a cover date of January. Yeah, it's probably coming out in October, but it's. Important that he's in a costume. Yeah. Let's find out why. From February of 1980, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 39, Scourge of the Schizoid Man, by Mantlo, Ramita Jr., and Jim Mooney. Spidey is answering an ad in the newspaper from Kurt Connors. As Spidey displays erratic behavior and callousness, Doc Connors determines Spidey is sick from inedit... Enervator exposure. <laughs> Thank you. I can never say that word. Spidey absorbed feedback from the lizard, and now Doc Connors must save him. Okay. Always gets me thinking. We always ask why Peter can't share his identity with Doc Connors. Now, he's going to bring it up himself in a, another book, but at the time I wrote this in my notes, I was thinking it really depends on what we believe the lizard's questionable shared oh. memory is with Doc Connors. It seems like they don't share memory, but 
I think that would be the only reason Peter really needs to be careful because Doc Connors is always like, I would never reveal your secret, dude, you know? Very insightful, James B. It's, but, it's true. He had some consciousness last time we saw him tangle with the iguana to save Doc Connors' family. Yeah, the, the lizard could be... I can't tell if the lizard knows things or not. You're the lizard expert around here, at least at one point. So I agree with you. Uh, excellent notion, James B. Thanks. Uh, well, Peter's erratic temper extends to his fellow grad students. And as we see an obstinate Peter stomp away, uh, Chip appears on the top of a building and begins to use his unique psychic power to attack bystanders. Spider-Man shows up. And as we get a backstory about Chip from his dad, who is a senator, uh, Spidey subdues Chip and proceeds to beat him mercilessly. Eventually, Spidey stumbles off and transforms into the... Spider-Lizard. Eddie, we're covering a lot six books yes. in this podcast, and usually you do a quick summary and I have a comment or two. I would like to use almost all my comments on this book here. Wow. Okay, let's do it. I really have a lot to say about book 39. Okay. Eddie, what do you think of Chip's backstory? Uh, it's, I'll be honest, James B., I was not as excited about this book. I thought his backstory, he has problems, like psychiatric problems. And do you know what, did you see why though? Tell me, James B., please. I Let me guide you through it. Since <laughs> they say like his mother was taking drugs for the pain while she was giving birth? Oh, at birth, yes. And then they're like, oh, by the way, the drugs that you took at birth uh, affected your son. Eddie, this is a huge, huge, like, political statement to say you should go natural childbirth versus taking, like, some drugs for the pain. I am and I don't even have to ask you. I know I'm right. Like, that's what they're saying. Like, do you want something for the pain? They're like, well, look what happens. Yes, if you, you know, if you do, you just could happen to your kid. I, I, I guess when I read this, I thought, they gave her the wrong drugs and that's, it was like a doctor error, but you are correct. They're implying you shouldn't take drugs when you're giving birth to children. Yeah. We, we, uh, over here in our family, we always all took the drugs. Um, (laughs) just, yeah. So I, luckily every, luckily me and all my own children turned out. Okay. The, uh, next thing is he's wearing a Halloween costume. Yes. How clever. So that way when he suddenly has to turn into some kind of schizoid man, he already has a costume on. (laughs) Pre-costumed for his super villainous, yes. And for those who didn't read the book, which is everyone, and those who are not going to read the book, which is every listener, except for Kevin Ewing, who reads every book, uh, this guy's costume is like Chevron from Star Trek. It's like 50-50, like he's like blue on one side, gold on the other. You know what I mean? It's like it's yes. literally a schizoid type effect. So yeah. good good for them. I say his, it, show, it visually shows his split mind. More things here. Peter's super violent. Kirk Connors, he... He steals, basically steals part of his blood and tests it before he goes away. We assume the violence has to do with that feedback problem that he's having all throughout the book. But he's super violent and he's a, and he's a big jerk and his new gang has annoyed at him again yes. for being a jerk and being difficult. And here we go again. There's a girl who he kind of likes, who <laughs> is like his nemesis. And then there's the guy saying things behind his back and they keep giving him another chance and same story, right? Just New crew, same story. Same story. And then, Eddie, you read this story here, and you're like, blah, next story. Eddie, he literally turns into a spider lizard. Yes, correct. When he turns into the six-armed spider yes. back in issue 100. Right. Big deal. Issue 100, he's got these extra arms. 
huge double side, massive issue everyone talks about. Shows it to a lizard. We're like, meh. <laughs> Who cares? Peter Parker, whatever. <laughs> this, this is this is huge. He's a lizard. It is it is something that I guess I was supposed to be excited about, and I was like, uh, all right, spider this is a, lizard. <laughs> this is legit a bigger problem than six arms. For sure, because he should have lizard mentality, and we don't know if he has more human or lizard in him. I, yeah, I we're going to find out next issue. It's, it's going to go around just tearing the world up. Like, where are my lizard action figures? Where's Sarah Pezzle to tell me <laughs> that they made some lizard action figures? If they made one for that... Uh, a Razorback. Yeah. If he's got a figure, Spider-Lizard has a figure, right? Should. So, Very exciting. Right. Somebody should uh, send us an email let me know. Eddie, I'm going to move on to the awesome issue with the spider lizard that only I seem to care about. And it was from March of 1980. Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 40, The Terrible Turnabout by Mantlo, Springer, and Ricardo Villamonte. The spider lizard is on a rampage attacking a group of car strippers along with other residents of Manhattan. SWAT teams can't stop him and as a spider lizard escapes into the sewers, Doc Connors follows. Spider-Lizard doesn't talk, and he doesn't want to change the world into reptiles? What gives? He's a monster now. Okay. That's what he is. Like when Doctor Strange turned into a werewolf? Yes. Unable to control himself whatsoever. Another doctor, Doc Connors, tricks a Spider-Lizard into drinking a formula that changes him back into Spider-Man, but he is massless. Peter webs his own face to protect his identity, only to soon be nearly drowned. Peter saves Doc Connors and himself. After several shady illusions of old Spidey villains, in the previous two books, we finally meet the Frightful Four. Electro, the Wizard, Sandman, and the Trapster. Was there any uh, mention of Facebot Pete in here, James B? Trapster's back. Isn't that always supposed to happen? Yeah, we just, we literally just saw them. Give it some time. They'll, (laughs) I'll be very disappointed and surprised if they don't work it in at least once in this whole storyline here. Eddie, did you know that Electro used to be part of the emissaries of evil I can, I, this guy really gets around I've, all the four villains too we're kind of seeing electro a couple panels here the previous three books but no i had no idea that was daredevil's like sinister six. Oh, i see but we're not talking about daredevil we're here to talk about spider-man and from april of 1980 peter parker the spectacular spider-man 41 meteor madness tom defalco jim moody and inked by john costanza We begin with Spidey comically turning in some late homework, but soon see the meteor ransacking the ESU Coliseum for some meteors. Spidey shows up to stop him, and along with visiting professor William Foster, a.k.a. Giant Man, I mean, Black Goliath. And now it's time for a new segment. It's a segment I like to call, Does Eddie Remember This Character from the MCU? It's actually not even a new segment. It's just officially <laughs> making it a segment now because, Eddie, uh, here we go. I know the listeners enjoy this, so yes, let's do it. <laughs> well, you, know, you've, you get it right once in a while. Eddie, tell me about William Foster. William Foster? He is a professor visiting at ESU? No, no, sorry. Yeah, in the or, MCU, Eddie. Oh, Where in the MCU? See? Yeah. God, man. Tell me. I, when I looked at this guy, is, is this Luke Cage? Is that who it is? Uh, no, this is a character. Okay. All right. So- uh, here we go. Listeners, you can help out with a hint if you want for Eddie. You can shout some things at him at the... the uh, he's in a Marvel movie? Is it not a, not oh, a TV series? no. Okay. He's in a movie. Is it a Marvel movie? 
My goodness. I don't even know if I could guess. Is is he the brother? Uh, two, 2018? Just because I looked that part up for you to make it more interesting. But I mean, everything else, you know, no? Doesn't ring a bell? All right. If I give you the movie? No. <laughs> Maybe you haven't seen the movie. And then you could say I didn't <laughs> see possible, it. Very possible. Very possible. Okay. It's called uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, yeah. I didn't see this one. Phew, okay. Either. There you go. Thank listeners. We can, we can Not too over. much to blame. So, sorry. Right, so, I thought about it, but, you yeah. know. I would say, as far as billing goes, I would say he's probably third billing in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So check it out and you can see William Foster. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, by the way, is the actor. Oh. Thanks for playing. Does Eddie remember this character from the MCU? Okay. Anyways, Spidey and Giant Man have a lot of trouble with Meteor Man because he all juiced up and grows to be several stories high. In the end, he gets too much power and explodes in the air like a meteor. Do the good guys do anything to stop Meteor Man? It seems not. Can you access this book quickly or not really? I can. I got it in front of me. Tell me how. Tell the listeners how Meteor Man gets stopped. Okay, so Spider-Man and Giant Man are like blasted out of the building. Spider-Man creates a nice little web cushion for them to fall on, although okay. it was painful, and then. The thing that Meteor Man has on his back, where he was absorbing power from his meteors, makes it kind of explodes like uh, the Rocketeer into the sky, uh-huh. and blam, that's it. Spider Man and Giant Man do nothing. Correct. <laughs> I was going to have in my notes, like, oh, Joy, it's the Meteor Man, one of our least favorite villains, <laughs> formerly known as the what, Eddie? Oh, he, he's got some horrible name. He's like a robber or something like this. Yes. So. But, well, not to be confused with the robber that we're going to talk about in the next <laughs> the next podcast. Uh-oh. The one that you call the robber I, who's actually the burglar. Yes, I could never remember this. That's this true. one's called the looter. Oh, that's what it was. Thank and you, then, James B. And then eventually he decides to redeem himself, the meteor man, which I was going to put in my notes. But then the fact that he wasn't even stopped by Spider-Man, I thought was more pertinent. Not my favorite one of our books we did today, James B. No, no, no. You would prefer to have, have something more attractive like you're going to get in the next issue. From May of 1980, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 42, Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death by Mantlo, Mike Zeck, and Jim Mooney. This book opens with a page-length panel of all the newest characters. Uh, let's see here, James. If we look at the splash page, we see Philip Chang, Marcy Kane, Steve Hopkins, Dr. Morris Sloan, Deborah Whitman, and Kurt Connors. Uh, I guess... Um, uh, here I am saying that uh, Chip was one of the grad students from earlier, and he's not there. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm almost as bad because I agreed with you, which I didn't remember him, and I should have just told you you were wrong. But listen, I know you like it, and I like it too. They used to do this in a lot of books on the first page. They would have like little circles of all the faces of all the people, like, uh, you know, like Sergeant Rock and all his soldiers or something like that. Yeah. I've seen that a lot of times in like DC Comics in the 19. 19- 50s and 60s. I I think this is just so great when they, especially because they need it in Peter Parker. Like who I, are, who are these people? Steve Hopkins. Told, no way I can remember this guy for a month. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, the ESU graduate studies crew is on a cruise to celebrate their trimester. Day. Uh, but while Deborah Whitman is making a frivolous pass at Peter, he sees an emergency message from the Human Torch high above the Statue of Liberty. Unfortunately, the Frightful Four have conned Spidey into a trap. 
Electro has donned a faux torch suit constructed by the wizard, and while Spidey evades capture early on, Trapster blasts his accursed paste, shackling Spidey. Unsurprisingly, the four baddies don't get along well, but we end with the wizard cajoling them into continuing his plan to also abduct the torch. Uh, I like this book, uh, but there's so many silly things. Tell me one of them. Uh, the trap, the frightful four, when they're so, when they're the frightful four, when they're going out of the Statue of Liberty's island, uh, they subdue these two uh, guards, and it's it's like now's the time, Electro, use your powers. You're like, I don't have to be told when to use my powers. They're, they're constantly bickering. It's so funny to be. So Spidey is once again defeated, nearly amassed. Yes, Spidey in this book is once again defeated and. Nearly unmasked, uh, good old Paste Pot Pete there, his paste is all over that, his face and they can't get the that's mask happened, off. That's, that same sequ- situation happened recently, did it not? Uh, yes. Well, he webbed his face. Uh, the mask was somehow stuck on his body and they couldn't. Right, there was another situation when they couldn't get the mask in because another one of these villains mm. had done something that locked it on his face and they were like, we can't. Trap. Trapster is such a liability. I, I can't believe he has gone the distance as a legitimate villain. Well, <laughs> he he almost does more harm than good. The distance right? being he's gone from like 1962 to 1980. Unbelievable. He's the worst member of the Frightful Four always. <laughs> although although yeah, he, he, he puts the words in the sky, Spider-Man come meet me. You know, he does it with a with a torch. Very impressive. I guess if you've been slinging a pace gun for that long, you should be able to write really well with your gun. I, this last, the last panel, it, it kind of, well, let me go for it. Uh, how did the Frightful Four know the Torch's super secret message to get a hold of Spider-Man? And, I think it's because it's so big that they see it. And also, they're, they're always, I they're guess. villains of the Torch. They fought them many times. True. They would analyze. All the Torch would have to do is do it once, and then everybody in Manhattan would be like, oh, you know, the Torch needs Spider-Man. And you called me the other day, and you said, hey, uh, book 42, we don't, we got to continue. I did. Eddie, it doesn't continue in 43. I, two minutes before we started talking, uh, I looked at 43, and I was like, what? Because I saw this in our show notes. What? What? In, I don't even know what to say. I have nothing. Mark it down. Well, do you know why? (laughs) No. What happened? Tell me. It continues in a Fantastic Four book, Eddie. Oh, my God. So if you want to know what happens to this, we're going to have to go to the Fantastic Four issue 218 to conclude this. That's why I stopped here because it wasn't – I knew that 43 wasn't connected. I just didn't know that it goes somewhere else. So get, Super disappointing. Well, our Jeez. next Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, is going to do that one. Unless you want to just skim read it right now live. What, 218? Yeah. We have to look it up and just well, sort of like... I, I, I'd put it in our next podcast. Okay, next podcast. I'm is. fine. I'm fine with that. We'll just cover it in our next podcast as I'm editing. Please. I, considering, considering I liked this book more than I like the other ones because of the goofy nature of the fan- yeah. or the Frightful Four. Well, I would like to read this. Issue 43 is also going to start off with like, good thing I just solved that problem with the Frightful Four in Electro. <laughs> so you might as well, you might as well at least really read it anyway. Yeah. So. All right. Um, is there anything else that we need to cover? I don't think so. Sounds good. Eddie, uh, I got a letter the other day. Great. 
This letter is from AJ, and he says, Hi, just want to say, keep up the good work. Your podcast is amazing and keeps me from being bored. I hope you keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, AJ. It yeah. keeps me from being bored also. <laughs> so I'm so glad that we can fight boredom all over the place in everyone's world. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I want to hear that our podcast is amazing. Someone's listening to it. And uh, we should, and then as a follow-up, I just checked back with him to ask for permission. And he said, of course. And he said, by the way, he said, I also want to let you know that you should keep having fun and make a great podcast. So oh, thank you. You know, he just all good stuff. Uh, is, that'll keep that'll keep us going for quite a while, right, James? This is from AJ, not from you, right? You didn't do this. <laughs> no, I right? didn't. I didn't go create a fake account and then email myself something compliment myself. All right. Well, I then AJ, thank you so much that you're listening, and uh, and this is great. If you wanted to write in like AJ and tell us uh, that we're keeping you from not being bored, uh, how could you reach us? You can email us anytime at let's read spiderman at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at let's read spidey. Eddie, the other day someone sent me a Twitter thing and I thought it was like a person connecting with us. Yeah. And they were like, would you like to subscribe to my newsletter? It's about comic book characters and their mental health. <laughs> yeah. I, there you go. Well, it's I like signed, I signed my you My wheelhouse. Up. I signed you up for it. Great. <laughs> I was like, literally, so. I'm like, this is, <laughs> I wasn't even like spam. I'm like, well, this is something Eddie would want to be. And then you, so let me know if anything good comes from okay, that. Okay. All right. I so. will. <laughs> Well, I'm James B., joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, that Let's Read Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, is a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PaceBot Patreon Podcast Network. The PaceBot Patreon Podcast Network is home to many great podcasts, and one that might interest you would be a podcast about being the ultimate team player. Teamwork makes the dream work, right? Join uh, Electro as he travels the country, joining different teams. <laughs> including The Sinister Six, uh, Brownie Troop 34, The Frightful Four, Students Against Drunk Driving, Electro's Emissaries of Evil, The Rotary Club of Keene, New Hampshire, Cyberdyne Systems, and The Ladies Literary Club of Ypsilanti, Michigan, to name just a few, on the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, well, I have been to the Ladies Literary Club house, actually, although I did not. I, I guess I bought some cookies for them. They had a bake sale. Um, I don't think Electro should be there. I cannot endorse this podcast. Sorry, James B. Wait, you've actually been to the Ladies Literary Club of Infinity, Michigan? I have Michigan? been to the they, – their book club takes place in a historically preserved building, downtown Ypsilanti, and they had a bake sale, and it was a, like a flower sale. I was like, let's go check it out. We get to see the inside of the building. It was a beautiful building. So it had been around a long time. I thought they had their meetings in an old abandoned warehouse. <laughs> I, perhaps they do occasionally. I've never been to a meeting, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't also, know if I'm more, am I more surprised that Electro has been on this hangout <laughs> with these ladies or that you've actually been to this place? This is crazy. You've, this is the closest you've ever been to a sponsor. <laughs> 
Probably. I could go ask them how Electro is doing, if he's reading the books or not. <laughs> he's Apparently, he's, he's a member of many teams, so... This is what it is. Electra's contribution. Well, what did you think of the book? I hated it, and I hate all of you, too. Stop asking me questions. 